Hi, I'm Larry Gifford, and I have Parkinson's disease. And I'm Rebecca Gifford, Larry's partner in Parkinson's and in life. This is When Life Gives You Parkinson's. Our next several episodes are going to be about deep brain stimulation. We are revisiting this topic again for a few reasons, but mostly because Lori's surgery for DBS is scheduled for October 24th, 2023. Oh yeah, well, let's get some of the quick questions out of the way right off the bat. Yes, this is brain surgery. Brain surgery. Brain surgery. Brain surgery. The brain surgery. It ain't brain surgery. Actually, it is brain surgery. It's brain surgery? Brain, 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 brain. Yes, I'm nervous. I'm excited. Hopeful. And uh, I guess all the feels. I, I got them all. It depends on the moment of the day. We know it's not a cure. And it's not a time machine, but I am open to both of those options. <laughs> Should they occur. <laughs> and I'm also nervous, but I think mostly excited and a bit hopeful. During Larry's 8 to 10 hour surgery, he'll be awake for most of it, including while they are drilling two dime-sized holes on either side of his head towards the top of his forehead. Bucket list item right there. Be awake while people drill into your head. <laughs> and then a surgeon will place thin metal wires, also called electrodes, into his brain. These wires help send electrical pulses that can address his Parkinson's symptoms. These electrodes are targeting the subthalamic nucleus, the STN, which is currently the most commonly used surgical procedure to treat Parkinson's disease. STN-DBS helps control all the core symptoms of Parkinson's, as well as motor fluctuations and dyskinesia. The electrodes attached to the STN are connected to a surgically implanted device in Larry's chest. The DBS device fits easily into the palm of your hand. It's about the size of it. And it's like a cardiac pacemaker, but instead of his heart, it controls the electrical stimulation sent to precise areas within his brain. I will be knocked out for the implantation of that device into my chest. Uh, and then it'll take six weeks to heal before they turn me on. So they're waiting for the swelling to go down and for your body to just get accustomed to having these things right. in it. Yeah, let's, 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 let's let this heal, this trauma that I've just been through heal. And it'll be turned on and then there'll be weekly adjustments as it's finely tuned. Some listeners might find this decision sudden. But trust us, <laughs> we've been thinking about this a while. We've been on the DBS journey for around four years. Yeah, and, and early on, it was um, Dr. Squires, my movement disorder specialist, who suggested that we talk about it and, and get on the list. Because here in British Columbia, there's one surgeon. And at the time, the list was like 100 deep and three and a half years long. They have recently added a new surgeon, yes. so, they, yeah. so now there are two, but that is only a few months old. Yeah, so uh, we got in line knowing that we were just marking our place in line and that there was no obligation, but we were, we were just waiting to be evaluated. I guess this was about two years after your diagnosis yeah. that Dr. I, Squire said, you know what, considering all of the medication that you're taking, that it seems to be working, which is a good sign that DBS could work, why don't we go ahead and get you on the list? 
And, you know, because he goes, well, you, what you don't want to do is need it and not be in line and have to wait three and a half years after you really want it. Right. And so uh, this seems like uh, he uh, he was really trying to advise us in a good way because it can be a, a really intimidating conversation to have two years in going, well, how bad am I? <laughs> well, and he was pretty spot on because oh, yeah. right around when you started thinking about it, you know what, maybe we might want to do DBS pretty soon. Wonder where I am on the list. They called. Yeah, and it uh, wasn't until earlier this year that I, I started wondering that. It's uh, it's funny. It's it's you, you, You're fine for a while, and then suddenly you're like, oh, good Lord, I need some more help. <laughs> the medication addresses so many symptoms, and we've become aware in some of the audio clips that you'll hear in a minute um, how well the levodopa is managing certain symptoms. If you can have something that can manage those symptoms well without having to take handfuls of pills every day, it's easier on your body, it's easier on your liver, it's easier on um, your longevity and lo- moving and forward. lifestyle. Yes. Frankly, stopping down every 90 minutes to two hours to take two more pills is, I mean, it's disruptive. And the ramp on and the, and ramp, the ramp off. And the, and then, you know, yeah, yeah, so there's, it's, it's a roller coaster ride. And so you know, I, uh, you know, I, I really think in addition to the levodopa, I have you know, six other daily prescriptions to manage my non-motor symptoms. So if I can cut those down with with the with the DBS, that seems like a good 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 plan. They will it will not replace all my medication, but it'll certainly cut it down significantly. But the real aha moment for me regarding Parkinson's was that infamous DBS off challenge, which is where our DBS journey picks up today. When we first visited the DBS clinic, you were told to arrive having not taken levodopa for at least 12 hours. And you went 14, I believe. So that's missing six or more doses, something that you hadn't done since before your official diagnosis because you started the levodopa before you were officially diagnosed at UBC. Here's how the morning started. Hi, this is Larry after being off medication for 12 hours. I think, what time is it? Yeah, it's about uh, seven o'clock. Yeah, so it's been almost 12 hours. Um, going to today to the DBS clinic to get my physical and psychological evaluation. And I made a horrible miscalculation in clothing. <laughs> I, Why so? I was going to wear a button-up shirt, not realizing that that would be impossible today. <laughs> but um, very stiff. Yeah. Very, very um, uh, rigid and uh, tense, I guess. It's, it's like um, very slow to think and walk and talk, apparently. Um, Inside, like I can see that I'm moving faster in my head than I am on my outside. Does that make sense? 
so it's a little bit feeling trapped. Inside a, a body that's not moving right. the way the mind is telling you, the brain is telling it. Right. Just keep talking to my body parts to, to move. It's, it's very exhausting. So how was sleeping last night? Uh, it was, my dreams were very heavy. Like, like actually I was dreaming of like, I was, it was harder to breathe. It was harder to do everything. I know my mask was torn off this morning from my CPAP. Mm -hmm. um, it was just sort of a skew, so that was part of it. But it was just um, like very heavy. Like I just felt like there was a boulder on me. I do notice a lot of stiffness this morning, and you usually wake up a little stiff until you get your first dose in you in the morning. Yeah. But this is worse than normal. What about tremor? It's just kicking in. It's yep. Nice. Because the tremor before you started taking medication was really only in your right hand, a little bit in your left. It's starting to my feet. And now you're noticing that the tremor, tremor is more progressed without the medication? Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't have known that unless you'd gone off medication. If, if, if I try to stay here too long, I guess it's why it's. Yeah, and you're kind of. Kind of leaning. The more you're, yeah, the more you're standing there, the more you're leaning forward. That's it's exciting. This is a whole new world. <laughs> love, love science. <laughs> I do feel like, like, like a, I'm in some giant, uh, what do they call them, cultures. The, the Petri dish? Yeah, like a giant Petri dish. Yeah. Just swimming well, around there. Ooh, what's this guy? Well, and the testing will be interesting today. We'll yes. see, see how that goes and what score you get without the medication. Well, if we've survived the anal probing of the aliens, everything else will be easy. <laughs> Since humor's still intact. <laughs> now, needless to say, it was eye-opening. Uh, I did eventually get a shirt on. <laughs> Thanks, honey, for going upstairs to get me a shirt. Sure. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, and uh, shuffled my way to our car. Uh, now, listen to this piece of audio as Beck and I arrive at the Vancouver General Hospital and we find our way to the D DBS clinic and we meet Nurse Nancy for the very first time. Uh, and she puts me through a battery of challenging tests while my brain is deprived of its levodopa. It's okay? Yeah. Oh! Ooh. You're faster than I expected. <laughs> I was trying to catch the opening. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Hi, Larry. Yeah. 
Nancy. How could you tell? <laughs> and Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah. Hi, nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you. Come on with me. We're going to go down to... So um, here we are at the um, DBS clinic, having just uh, been off my meds for 14 hours. All right, so the first thing I'm going to get you to do is just look up at the camera, and I want you to state your name. My name is Larry Gifford. We haven't gone back in to retest but we want to download on what just happened. All right. With your right index finger, I want you to touch your nose, then reach out and touch my finger and go back and forth. A different person as far as how you move through the world, for sure. Just very stiff, very slow. It was exhausting. It was very, everything was very effortful. I tried to touch my nose to her finger. All that stuff was so effortful. Time, just hold your finger on mine. Just touch your finger gently to mine and keep it there. This sucks. <laughs> Being awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why would you ever do that, right? <laughs> you stuttered and struggled to get certain words out, couldn't think of things every once in a while. <laughs> to touch my nose to her finger. It looked like you'd aged about 20 years or wow. more, 40 years, in a matter of hours. Looking at your right arm, I want you to bring your arm up, and I want you to open and close the thumb and index finger, nice and big and wide. This is when I knew I was in trouble the first time I ever did this. <laughs> okay, that's it. Now what I'm going to do is put your right arm out. To my uh, Sorry? To my oh, no, no, no. That's just me. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to imitate gonna, everything gonna, you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw my arm out. Okay. Sorry. Arm out. <laughs> and then what I'm going to get you to do is turn your arm upside down and forward. So palm to the ceiling, palm to the floor. And keep going until I tell you to stop. Actually, the one that surprised me the most, that took the most effort, was when I was, uh, well, the um, trying to turn my right hand palm up to palm down. That was so hard for me to do. And your right was very different from your left. As it always has been. Yes, but for these tests today, it seemed more equal right yeah, yeah. and left, except for that test. Yeah. That was quite different. So it's always, you've always been kind of more right dominant as far as symptoms. Right. But I guess we just didn't, we had no idea how, in what ways you've actually progressed in a lot of the motor symptoms, I suppose, because those are the ones that are most easily addressed by the levodopa. Okay, just a few more things and then move on board. Then move down your feet now. With your right foot, you tap the toes up and down. Okay.
was moments where I was near tears trying to do what she was asking me to do and I couldn't do it to, to my satisfaction. Your walking without medication has really progressed. <laughs> I don't think we had any idea how much the medication and the poles and whatnot were helping with the walking. You were very shuffly, very slow. <laughs> you, you got an elevator and you looked back and you're like, where'd you go? What, well, it was try <laughs> I was trying to catch the elevator and I thought you were kind of right behind me. I, could, I, I got in there and you were nowhere to be found. And I looked peered around and you're like, oh, I'm coming. <laughs> shuffle, 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 shuffle. <laughs> it just took quite a while. Next thing I'm going to get you to do is I'm going to get you to try to stand up from the chair. Okay. So first I want you to try it with your arms crossed. Okay. And if you can't get up that way, then you can use the arms to push yourself up. Can I use my... You can rock, yeah. Can, can, can I scoot up? You can scoot up a little bit, too. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. The one that seemed so different to me was she asked you to put, to cross your arms in front of your chest and then stand up from the chair you were sitting in. And you were allowed as much time as you needed. You could rock. You were allowed to move forward in the chair. And you had to move, you had to change your arms. What if I put my arms straight up? You can, yeah. Yep. You can do whatever it is to help you get up. That took a while. Yeah. So that was, that seemed like a big change to me. Last thing I'm going to get you to do is turn and face the wall. And then just step a little bit closer to the wall. Yeah. yeah I'm going to do full pass. You probably yeah. have this done before, right? Yeah, you always try to throw me to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I just want your legs just a little bit farther apart. So I'm going to give your shoulders a tug. And you can take a step backwards to try to right yourself. But if not, I'm right here behind you, okay? okay. Ready? Okay, we're good. good. All right, come back in and get your pills. You took your medication, what, about 20 minutes ago? Yeah. And I'm already seeing a big difference. You're not completely on yet. No. Nope. And they said it might take a little bit longer because you've been off for so long. But I definitely see a difference. Just your face is more animated. You look more like yourself. You're speaking more like yourself. You're moving a little more confidently and fluidly. Your walk is still, is still relatively slow. Yeah. Um, but that may be the last one because I was kind of the first one to kick in, the first symptom to kick in. And the last, so it might yeah. be the last one to kind of to come back on. It's my biggest issue. Yeah. And it was the one that showed up first. Yeah. For you, years ago. All right. Well, this has been very interesting. Let's never have this happen again. Yeah. I haven't added up the scores yet, but you've got a, I would say, a good drop in scores there. Which I'll add it up when. Dr. Honey, but um, yeah, that looks pretty good. That feels different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, can even tell, like, I can even tell just by, you know, the changes in, like, the little bit of the changes in scores without adding it up, but it looks, yeah. looks good. Okay. And then the, the idea is the greater the difference in scores, especially motor-wise, motor yeah. then more you believe the DBS would be effective. Right. So we usually look for a 40% drop in scores, and just like I said, without adding it up, I'm pretty sure we've got over that. Like you've gone from, you know, you're really slow, like your movement was very sparse, 
very small movements, yeah. you know, very slow movements. And when I see you now, your arm, you're much more fluid. Your movements are a lot quicker. Your walk yeah. speed and your walk has improved. So to me, that that looks really good. So you know, okay. I, I would think you've got a good drop in scores. I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> and what we're looking for is the best that DBS will do for you is your best on. Right. I, yeah. So. Sounds great. Sounds good to you? It sounds good to me. <laughs> okay. Nurse Nancy was great, and she'll be in the surgery room with you. We learned that day. She's there to do things like scratch your nose and <laughs> mop the sweat off your brow or hold your hand if you need her. Her role is to be there for you and be fully present, but also her role is to kind of have her eyes constantly on you. So she's monitoring how you're doing, making sure that you're not in distress, but also how you're reacting to where the when the leads get put in. Right. And so that they can kind of make sure that they're putting them in the right place. Yeah, it's comforting to know that there's somebody there that's going to be looking out for my me and my 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 well-being. Not that the doctors aren't, but they're focused on my brain. They're otherwise focused. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm also excited about uh, creating a DBS surgery playlist on Spotify. Yeah, they let you create your own music right that's relaxing for you since you're going to be awake for a good portion of it right so i have started one on spotify and if others want to add to it they can just search for dbs and wlgyp which is when life gives you parkinson's uh and the, the playlist will pop up and you could add to it so these episodes that we're doing of when life gives you parkinson's around DBS are going to be bite-sized because it's pretty heavy stuff. It's a lot of content, and we're talking about some relatively scary things. On the next episode of our DBS journey, Tim Haig Sr., co-founder of PD Avengers, is also being evaluated for DBS, and he's going to join us on the podcast and share part of his experience. Plus, you'll hear Beck and I meet the surgeon for the first time. In the meantime, if you have questions about our DBS journey that we can share with listeners, please click the link in the show notes to record a message for us or email parkinsonspod at curiouscast.ca. When Life Gives You Parkinson's is a Curious Cast production. Our presenting partner is Parkinson Canada, where people with Parkinson's are at the center of everything they do. Parkinson Canada funds critical research, provides information and support, raises awareness, and advocates for improved healthcare outcomes for people with Parkinson's across Canada. Learn more at parkinson.ca. And don't forget about the PD Avengers. It's a global alliance of people with Parkinson's, their partners and friends, united in the cause of ending Parkinson's disease. Check out the latest Parkinson's news, events, and a free exercise and wellness portal with access to thousands of hours of free classes, live and on demand at pdavengers.com. We, we truly appreciate it if you could share this podcast with someone you love. Uh, personal recommendations are the most effective way to grow our audience and raise awareness of Parkinson's disease. Keep positive. Keep exercising. Keep listening. We'll talk to you next time. It's not like it's brain surgery. Lumpy brain. Very, very large brain. You, your brain consists of two parts. Left brain, right brain. We're talking about brain surgery. Brain surgery? It's brain surgery. We talking brain surgery? It ain't brain surgery. Crying out loud, man, this isn't brain surgery. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.